Thank you for calling Gillespie Insurance Services. If you know your party's extension, you may enter it at any time. If you're calling for a quote on a new policy, press 1. If you're calling for assistance with your existing policy, press 2. If you're calling specifically for one of our staff members, press 3. To reach Allegra, press 1. To reach Jessica, press 2. To reach Iva, press 3. To reach Eli, press 4. Hi, this is Eli. Eli, it's Joey Jingola. Hey, Joey, how's it going? Good, how you doing, sir? Good. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. Well, we're like 70, almost 75% commercial lines. And the main industries that we have are agribusiness, which is pretty wide, like wineries and agritourism kind of stuff. Not even that much like pure farming anymore, but we still have some of those too. And then our other niche is contractors, artisan contractors. I don't really do like the, the generals that do the track homes and stuff, and like plumbers and electricians and stuff. And then the other line that is, is growing that I like to get into more is food service. And that can be anything from caterers to restaurants to bars. Any place that would be kind of a fun place to hang out or that serves you food, I would like to do that. Right now, I think that's probably 5%. I have the numbers down somewhere, but I would like to get more of that. I love a good niche conversation. That was my buddy Eli Gillespie of Gillespie Insurance Services out in sunny Redlands, California. And I tell you what, Eli knows what he wants. And it's always a good time to talk about that. I'm always fascinated. I don't know if you're like, I get like, this really gets me going, right? Talking about or hearing agents talk about the types of business, the specific types of business that they want or that they already have or that they want more of. And Eli was naming a couple there. He's, he's saying, hey, listen, you know, some of our big players are, you know, we do a lot of agro business. Um, you know, we, I'd like to get into some more restaurants. You know, a lot of good stuff that Eli is doing that he wants to get into. And if you don't know the things that you like to do or want to do, then you're going to have a hard time attracting those people. They say, hey, I want to do some commercial business. Well, that's, that's not going to inspire anybody to do anything with you. And I, I remember having this conversation with you. I said, hey, yeah, I like to, you know, take a walk, go, you know, pop into the local, you know, establishments that happen to be within close proximity of our office. And I like to eat there and I like to give them business. And it seems like a pretty logical thing to maybe, you know, see if, you know, since I'm a, uh, I'm a patron of theirs that, you know, this would work out. And obviously this isn't a revolutionary idea. No offense, Eli. I mean, but this is something that we, you know, I'm sure most insurance agents have thought of. But again, Eli likes the idea of if any, if it's a place that's it's a good time to hang out, you know, he's already interested, he's already looking, how does he acquire more of this business? And that's where things get interesting as, you know, what is your strategy for, for trying to attract those things? How do you identify what those niches are? Because again, it's, it's, one of those things that, I, again, we've done, I don't even honestly know the number of shows that we've done on this podcast talking about kind of this thing, but it's it's the multiplication of those niches and just, you know, kind of continue to stack, you know, one successful one on top of another that allows you to build up um, and really focus 
And it seems scarier if you're gonna pick your first niche, right? If you're gonna pick the first thing that you're gonna go after, it's like, well, I'm not gonna, there's not near, Joey, there's no way I'm gonna get enough of those people to do business with me because reasons, right? I don't know, so lack of self-confidence. You weren't held enough as a child. Whatever you wanna cite as that thing, I don't know, right? Anybody that I've talked to that has decided to focus on these things, you just heard Jason talk about it on his podcast, uh, you know, if it was last week or the week before, you know, they, you know, they're buying up URLs left and right because they're going after very specific niches in very specific locations. And it's just so much easier to know who you're going to talk to. But Eli likes to get a little weird about it. And that's what I like about Eli. If I feel like it's not a niche that's better served by someone else, I'll just go for it. You know, like um, I can't think of one right now, but oh yeah, like a guy was going to have like, he has something with um, with old arcade games, like video arcade games. Like he, he's storing them because he's going to fix them up. So I just got him the coverage for the location to store them. You know, weird stuff like that. I'm happy with that because no one else is going to do that. I have access to companies that'll do that. I can do it pretty quick and I can price it right. Small policy, but I'm okay. It didn't take a lot of time. Well, Eli managed to say a lot of important things in a very short amount of time. That's my kind of man. And uh, yes, Eli, thank you, sir. What I'm going to say, first off, let's start with um, if it's a niche that I feel is underserved or I can do it, if I can serve it better, then I'm going to go after it, right? Number one thing. The first thing he said, if it's something that I think I can do better you know, than somebody else, I'm going to go after it. And obviously there's some weird things. And in the other episodes that Eli has been on the show, he's talked about his his love for ENS business and the oddballs and, and, and kind of doing the a la carte, you know, really custom, um, you know, service as far as packaging policies together for different businesses. And this kind of falls in line with that. And Eli's, you know, overall weirdness of, again, he likes being an oddball. He's mentioned again several times on the show. So Eli, yes, thank you, sir. Um, but again, you can only do that if you are aware of, the problems and limitations of such weirdness as Eli is describing as because again, he's like, Hey, I got a dude that, you know, wants to restore or store or something with, you know, a thing with arcade games, which is pretty cool. Um, and he just got him the coverage for the building to store it in, you know, so nothing bad happens there. Again, he says though, the important thing that he says is, Hey, it's a small policy, but it didn't take me that much time. That's the key, right? As long as you're aware that, Hey, it's a small policy. You have to be aware of and make sure that you're not allowing it to take that much time. And that's where I think a lot of us get caught up, right? Is that, oh, I really like this thing, so I'm really passionate about it, so I'm okay. Just, you know, I'll shoot the breeze with this guy for two hours every time I talk to him because I like old arcade games and I like, it'd be weird if you share the same thing. But whatever, if it's a thing that you're passionate about, you sometimes want to overindulge in said passion and then you ultimately end up you know, kind of doing yourself a disservice. Now, where things get interesting, right? And this is this is an observation that I have made over the, I don't know, some period of time. I don't really know. I don't know when I started keeping track of this observation. For people like Eli and other agents that you've heard on this show, for these specific niches, I don't know if it makes sense. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But we've talked about it on a couple episodes back about thinking bigger, right? And and where there is, you know, not a lot of money to be made on a one-to-one traditional insurance sale. Let's shake your hand. Let's go see the property. That kind of thing. Where we need to do, you know, where we need to scale that smaller sale. 
not enough agents are giving themselves credit for trying to be that thing, right? Again, I'm not saying that this is the best example, but it's what I've got right now, so I'm going to go with it. Uh, but Eli says, hey, dudes that, you know, refurbish, you know, antiques, let's say, you know, somebody in the business of storing antiques, right? There's probably maybe a few certain specific things. I don't know. Again, health insurance, guy disclaimer, whatever it is. There's probably a few things that, you know, that come along with doing that, that, you know, maybe some people would potentially miss if they don't do it every day. Can you be, can you figure out, can you develop a system, a process, dare I even say a technology that allows your agency to do that better than anybody else, not just in your own little town, maybe not just in your own little state, but possibly even, dare I say, in the country. I'm just, just, just putting it out there, just putting it out there. Just gonna, just gonna set it out there for you to kind of look at, to gaze at. Just, just let that sit there. You don't have to do anything with it right now. I just want you to know that it's possible. And I guess that's the thing that I've been paying attention to, is that not a lot of agents feel that it is possible. And I don't know that it is or is not for you know those whatever agents that may or may not be having those thoughts, but. The idea that you've already limited your options and limited your capacity is a little sad. Not like in a like depressing box of tissues past the you know gallon of ice cream sort of way. It's not that sad, but uh, I guess I'm just curious as to maybe why those thoughts are they not valid? Am I not valid in suggesting those to you? Joyagirlprogram.com. Let me know if I'm way off base here because I'm just curious of why you haven't thought to yourself. Yeah, why not? I'm really good at that. I think I could be better at that than almost everybody else. And I think I can develop a process that would make me dramatically better than anybody else. I mean, why is it? Why is that like something that is not on the table, right? Why can't we put stuff like that on the table? I'm just curious. It's a lot to pack in in the middle of the show here. I know just... I wanted to get it out there though, because that's the one thing that I thought of listening to Eli kind of talking about that and, and having some of these specific, you know, niches, very specific niches. And I know there's other agents that are going after it. And it just seems like, you know, again, the, the big the big elephant in the room that comes to mind is like Insurion, right? They're doing small business insurance online. But again, it's pretty it's pretty um it's still pretty general, right? It's just small business insurance. Can it be broken down even further, right? Can there be pet grooming insurance, right? Dot com. Can there be uh, antique storage insurance? Dot com. Whatever, right? And then can there be a uh, a tool, a mechanism that allows those those processes to be, you know, dramatically? Hmm, not not sure what word. Uh, we wanted to be more efficient. I want. I was going for something better. It didn't. It didn't happen. But are they going to be? Are we going to be able to to shrink the time? We're going to be able to make that process more compact, more streamlined. There we go. Probably that's the word I was looking for, and not just have it be a traditional insurance sale. If we're pushing the, you know, if we're all going to push the industry forward, is that something that can happen? As far as like lines of business, workers' comp is our single largest line of business. Workers' comp, especially out here, is by far the biggest premium. The simple line of coverage that which creates all sorts of other complexities. The way you know how to insure a business is when you know how to insure their liability. That's the distinguishing because the property is the same, comp is kind of the same. So I realized early on, or too late actually, that I would be a specialist in uh, you know a contractor and get their fifteen hundred dollar liability policy, but then would give up their ten thousand dollar comp policy because I didn't really know comp that well. So I, I switched that. Like I would rather go for the comp to start 
and that's the bigger premium and that's going to pay more. And I just would rather start with the comp and then go to the liability. So that's, that's been my focus. That's what I write about. And that's my strategy. Not totally coincidental, but that's the largest line that I write. This is what you might call a double whammy. Now, just when I think Eli's going crazy and all his oddballness, he goes and totally redeems himself and says, hey, guess what? There's a big premium thing that is my primary line of business. Oh, all right, Eli, you got me. Workers' compensation, right? That's one of his big things that he likes to do. It's one of his favorite things. And oh, by the way, it pays pretty well. And that's important, right? It's, hey, I, I used to learn... I cut my teeth on the liability and I was giving up the comp, uh, the compensation and I really decided that that's pretty backwards and I got to fix that pretty quick. So that's something that Eli figured out. I don't know. He said a little too late, but he figured out early enough to where it seems like the ship has been corrected and it's on the right path, but it's his primary line of business. It's what he writes about. as you heard there, we're going to get into that in, in a lot more detail in the next episode that Eli's on. I keep thinking Eli's going to be like done being on the show here soon, but he keeps coming. There's still more. So at least one more from Eli, maybe two. I can't be sure, but he writes about it. He writes about workers' compensation on his website. He gets people calling him from said website about workers' compensation. And he knows that, Hey, this is going to be the bread and butter, but I also have, you know, my few other niches, you know, my 5% that I kind of like to play around with from time to time, experiment with, And maybe that's why, you know, what I said previously, that that's the lack of the experimentation that might be happening, you know, in those niches is because, you know, you know, the workers comp is really what's putting food on the table, right? Like that's the, that's what uh, really gets the respect around the office. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's always nice to know that somebody's paying attention to both right? To the things that they enjoy doing, to the interesting things that kind of get their insurance gears turning, but also to know that they have that passion that is something that is a more profitable, larger sale. And they're able to adjust, right? That adjustment that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm pounding the pavement. I'm doing whatever I need to do to, to make this happen. And I still feel like I'm not getting anywhere. That's usually the result of you selling a type of business that is just not profitable. You say it a lot, I can't overstate its importance, right? Uh, Or let's put it this way. If you're selling that unprofitable policy, uh, that was an episode, the unprofitable policy problem, couldn't say which episode, but that's, that's the name of it. If you're selling that policy and you're not, you don't have a clear defined path to cross sell or or a plan, at least a a rough plan kind of molded in Play-Doh, if you don't have that at least, then it's going to be tough to get them into other lines without, again, just, you know, just being a traditional borderline sleazy insurance sales dude trying to cross sell the business, you know, have a plan, have kind of a step, have a process in place to know that, all right, yeah, this is what's going to bring them through the door, but this is really where the money's going to be. Or, Hey, guess what? This is where the money is, but I kind of like these things too. And, and I can still get these things to come through the door too. And I like to kind of mess around, see what's coming because I mean, that's the easiest way to kind of play around and innovate, right? When you don't, It's just kind of there. It's just kind of on the side. You're able to do something that is, you know, enjoyable, but it gives you less risk, right? You don't have to just say, ah, forget this workers comp nonsense. Guys that store arcade machines and garages, that is machines, games. That is, that's where it is, honey. That's our ticket to fame. You don't have to do that, right? That's insane. Why would you do that? So 
just curious, right? One, first off, let's just say, do you even have those niches? Because I feel like that's a conversation that is still happening on a daily basis that I don't know um, necessarily needs to be happening as much as it does. And two, are you giving yourself the ability to think beyond what you can kind of see immediately around you? Is it worth thinking bigger? Can you handle it? Is it something that you feel that you are capable of doing? Even if you're not, why not, right? Why not? And then obviously wrapping it all up, do you have the practicality to know what line of business just needs to be there because it's going to be the one that makes it possible for you to do everything else that you might possibly want to do? All right, this is less of a serious question and more like you're being subpoenaed to testify. Uh, this was a little bit ago. I don't know why I'm bringing it up now, but Jason had mentioned to me that uh, Jason being Jason Cass had mentioned to me that he thinks the graphic for my podcast, Insurance in Your Words, the one you're listening to right now, that blue thing uh, with a couple of silhouettes on it, he thinks it's, he, li- he literally said, I don't know if he literally meant it, but he literally said it's the ugliest thumbnail for any podcast on iTunes. And now, obviously, I thought that was kind of like a overstatement, just a little bit. I mean, it hurt a little bit. What you may or may not know is I actually designed that. And I would put it, if you squint really hard, I would put it somewhere between average and maybe on a good day, slightly above average, if you squint really hard. But I was curious. I got to know. This is, again, this is a, a call to testify. Just really, I mean, honestly, I just want to know if I need to change it, right? That's kind of what I'm looking for because I, I thought it was serviceable. I thought I got the job done. That was okay. Nothing spectacular. Um, but the worst one on iTunes, I feel like I feel like that's one of the worst things anyone's ever said to me, to be honest. So here's what you're going to do. Joey at growprogram.com. Let me know. Go ahead and copy Jason on it, too. Just CC him on that. CC Jason at growprogram.com. One way or the other. I can take it. I can take it because I need to do a new one. I mean, it's been a while. You'd think somebody would say something by now. But I just I want to know if Jason's right or wrong. And it's, it's always nice when I can... You know, prove to him that he's wrong. So if you can help me do that or prove him right to me, whichever, you don't need to pick sides. This isn't like a divorce, like you have to decide which parent you want to live with. It's just an honest opinion. How ugly is it? Scale of 1 to 10. I don't know. Give me something. DroidGrowProgram.com, Jason at GrowProgram.com, and uh, we'll have some fun. I'll share the results, possibly, if I get enough. If you don't give me anything, well, then I guess I know you don't really care or even look at it. So... In the meantime, don't forget Grow Lab 2017 still happening, still a thing. Spots are going pretty quickly. Just had a rash of signups here in the last couple days, and we are getting ready to allow a couple other groups to uh, promote said uh, gathering as well. We're going to let them open it up to a few of their members. So uh, once that happens, Jason and I are pretty sure that there aren't going to be any spots left. So if you've been on the fence about coming, now is your chance. The room block is almost full. Uh, again, the spots we anticipate here once these uh, other outlets with these other groups and communities within the insurance world start to spread it and offer it to their their groups as well. We anticipate most of the spots to be filled. So if you were thinking of coming and you want a chance to hang out, hang out with 100 agents that are doing a lot of this stuff, that have their niches, that have their processes, that are thinking bigger, well, now might be the chance. GrowLab2017.com to do that. And, uh, and that would be a good time. And I look forward to seeing you there.